Wow. Hello. Hello. The Look. home studio. Hi, Kitty Cat. It's Grace. Wow, Grace is so chill. I mean, not Grace usually. is the chillest cat. Really? Yeah. yeah no, I I only like show her when she's being chill. An angel. Yeah. Like, like our, look at how our well relationship behaved. is much worse than it looks on social media. Okay, where are you? Uh, where's your home studio? Is it with Ben on the West Coast or are you on the East Coast? I am on the West Coast in Portland right now. It's going to be a you... year in Portland. Yeah, I was going to say you've been there like pretty much the whole quarantine. The huh? whole time, yeah. And are you still with his family? Yeah. Are you just going to keep, like, do you just, you just live there now? Well, like, every month we talk about when we're going to go back and we, like, have this, like, idea and then just shit gets worse again. And we're like, why would we do that to ourselves? Yeah. Like, his parents are so nice. And, like, his mom's obsessed with Grace. Like, I overheard her today. Like, she called her. She's like, aren't, she's British. She's like, aren't you just a little, little blob of butter? Oh, that's great. I was like, that's she sweet. is a little little blob of butter. That's so cute. That sounds nice. Are you sick of? Were you you and Ben weren't living together before quarantine? Were you? No. How's that been? Um, it's like fine. It really like I we have more rooms than the average person here because we're in like a house in Oregon. So like I have this room, which is like the front room where I go to chill with my cat and like do my work or whatever. There's a whole other room that like, if he's not sleeping well with me, he goes there. And like, yeah. whenever like I need to take time and like walk away, like I, I do like, I'll just like take that's the really car nice. and go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, that's super nice. I was just watching a TikTok and this girl was like giving advice on moving in with someone and the, and mm -hmm. she was like, whatever you do, make sure that you have like a designated space for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, if you're moving in with someone under circumstances and you guys didn't decide to move in together, like that's less valid than like... You, like accidentally what we're doing right now like we didn't decide to live together and that's the tiktok was basically saying that like we suck and i was just like okay cool <laughs> yeah tiktok gets so specific that i'm like are you listening to my conversation it knows everything about me yeah my i'm bummed that it sucks because the thing that I love about TikTok is that your algorithm, like your For You page, is just based on other things that you might like and stuff like that. But because it's based TikTok, on you, yeah. But because I've binged it so much during lockdown, it's all become like, like it used to be just funny, like very lighthearted mental stuff. Mental illness like, stuff. Yes. <laughs> it's like reasons you have OCD. And I'm like, I didn't know this. I don't think it's no one's a therapist on there, yeah. but everyone's a therapist on there. But everyone it's, is. Yeah, no, I, um, it's so weird because I've been diagnosed with ADHD my entire life, but didn't take it seriously until TikTok. Like I was like, oh, that's why I do that. Oh, okay. Like, you know, I like actually believe this about me. Maybe in I should what take ways do you? <laughs> yeah. In what ways do you feel like ADHD, like you weren't taking it seriously? Like what makes you, like, like what like do you I, do that makes you take it seriously now? I think there were a lot of things, I don't know if you grew up in a similar 
mindset, but I used to think like therapy was like weak and like anybody saying they had like a learning disorder, like, unless they were like a real learning disability, like I was like, oh, it's just like an excuse for like laziness or whatever. And I don't know like how that happened because like my mom's always been like a really strong proponent of like mental health and stuff. And she's been like, I've got ADHD. Like I've been like managing my symptoms or whatever, but I'm always just like, no, I'm just like, I'm just like this. Like, and yeah, I don't know. I'm, I like judge myself less when I leave little piles around the house because TikTok says that that, that is my way of organizing. That's, that's little reminders for me to do stuff. Yes. Well, I remember people, I hate when people are like, oh, you're a Virgo. You do this, this, and this. Aren't you a Virgo? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Virgo stereotype is like, oh, Virgos are super clean and organized, mm-hmm. but I also do have ADD. And so I'm like, horoscopes aren't real. Like, I'm not clean or organized, but I realize that, like, mentally, I love organization, but, like, I mm-hmm. never actually get around to doing I it. I love organization for other people. Like, I, I love can mental organize another person. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I can organize your whole life, but I don't have my shit together. Because like the emotional components in there, not in there, you know, like when I'm organizing for me or like even doing like maintenance for me, like, I don't know. I'm like, you're not even worth it. You know, like that kind of like depressive thing plays into it. But with other people, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's pull you up. So I'm trying to do that more for me now too. Or I think it's also just like, I get way too overwhelmed Like when Mm -hmm. it's my own thing, it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I want to organize this, but then I'm like, but then I have this thing to do and this thing to do. And then, or you get stuck in little trips down memory lane. Mm. Do you ever do that? Like when you're cleaning out your room or like cleaning out your phone or your emails, and then you like get on one thing and you're like, oh, I remember that friendship. I should look at pictures now. (laughs) Yeah. That was the most frustrating thing about being on ADD medication was it helped me focus, but never on what I needed to focus on. Yes. If you take your meds, I could solve a murder doing something else. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I could literally like I would have to it's clean like wrong my room. time. Yeah, it's messed up. When were you diagnosed? Uh, probably like twelve or something. Do you know how you were diagnosed? From one of those little computer tests. Remember those? <laughs> Like a like Google, like do I have ADHD? No, like no, no, a, no. Like at a you psychiatrist. Went into a, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they sat you down in front of the monitor and then they were like, mm-hmm. click every time an X comes up or whatever. And I was yes. just like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> too impatient to wait. Um, but also as a Virgo wanted to do well on the test. Yeah. But like still did poorly. Yeah, I passed that test with flying colors and then they sent like a teacher's aide to come into one of my classrooms and observe the class. But it turns out he was only observing me. (laughs) And I thought he was just like training to become a teacher. So I'd like go up to him every day and be like, want to see this new dance I learned? And like, can I sing you a song? And I was just like entertaining him. And then a week later, I got called into the office. My parents are there. The teacher's aide is there. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I am a psychologist. And yeah, I've been here for you the whole time. That's so fucked up. (laughs) It was like a John Quinones, what would you do moment? I already thought like my life was the Truman show. 
you know, and mm-hmm. that like everything was like the second that movie came out, I was like, they're trying to tell me something, you know, like mm-hmm. via movie. And then like, if that happened to me and somebody's just like sitting watching you in a room, you're like, oh, someone's always just sitting and watching me. Like all of this is yeah. orchestrated. My fears are validated. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think my life was the Truman Show, but then I feel like 2020 has clearly, I'm like, this can't be no one's doing this to me no you know what i mean like this. yeah when things are good i'm like maybe someone's watching this is a great <laughs> plot to my life and then the past year i'm like no i think i think we're all uh in the truman show yeah on this so, one. or like in the matrix and like something's wrong like the person that created this whole universe is just like gone and it's like haywire but I, when i was like stressed about the truman show instead of me just sitting with my anxiety, I gave it to my little sister. Like I was like, if I have to live this way, she's going to live this way. And I was like, she's going down with me. I didn't just say, oh, I feel sometimes I was like, oh, Charlotte. Yeah. The Truman show. That's about you actually. And it's coming out in January. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucked. Psychopath. Like have that. you ever talked to her about it since? Yes. Oh my God. Uh, So many things she brings up about like our childhood that she was like, why did you think gaslighting was so fun? I was like, I don't know. Like we used to pretend she like was colorblind. Like we'd be like, oh, do you like this red shirt, Charlotte? And she'd be like, oh my God, that's blue. And we'd be like, <laughs> yeah, youngest siblings get traumatized by older siblings. Horrible. My oldest sisters used to call me a lesbian all the time. And like, I didn't know what being a lesbian really was. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I'm a lesbian. Yeah, I was going to say, then, were, they, uh, were they right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. And so then growing up and like, you know, starting to like flirt with guys and be interested. I was like, I, I don't know. It messed me up for so long. And I never find a time to not bring it up to them. Don't you think, though? I mean, yes. They, they definitely outed you before you were ready. Um, and so fuck your sisters. But like, don't you feel like, like I didn't believe in bisexuality when I was growing up. I thought it was like, you're either gay or you're straight. And then like, when I heard about the idea of it, I was just like, well, that's just selfish. Like, of course, everybody likes both, but you have to choose. And it's yeah. like, not everybody likes both Remy or all. Yeah, I had a friend growing up who was like, I love gay people, but um, she was like, I love gay people, but I don't believe in lesbians. What? And I feel like a lot of times the stereotype is like with bi people is like, girls can be bi, but guys, if they're bi, they're just gay. Totally. Yeah. No, I dated a bi guy and somebody said that to me. They were like, once you've had your dick in your mouth, you're gay. And I'm like, that is so fucking homophobic because it doesn't go the other way. Like once a gay guy eats a girl out, he's not suddenly straight. You're saying it because you're homophobic and you're saying that it tainted it, you know, like. Yeah. I also think most guys have had a most straight guys have had a gay experience in their lifetime and they need to just embrace it and let it go yeah and if you haven't you're a loser yeah suck a dick truly suck a dick if you haven't sucked a dick i won't suck yours like i'm just just gonna say it like remy's type is bi my type is bi and but also 
Luke, I, Lucas Connolly did my podcast, but also I saw this tweet that was like, it's so much straighter to have tried something and know you don't like it than not try it at all because you're scared of the fact that you might like it. Like you would never be like, oh, I've never had Chinese food, but I hate it. Yeah. Well, and guys always complain. They're like, girls can hook up with whoever they want and it's no big deal. And I'm like, well, then you start hooking up with people and just be the trendsetter on this free hookups. Be the change you want to see in the world. Go hook up with your friends. We love that for you. Um, I realized during this quarantine how, because you are like the queen of reality TV, I would say. I am. You love it. I love it. And I kind of go through waves. I never get like addicted to reality shows, but I realized recently that it's all I'm doing. What are you watching? I just started watching season nine of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay. Is Denise there yet? Denise is not there. Okay. Who is Eileen? I don't think. Rena? Rena. Nice. We got Vanderpump. <laughs> Amazing. We got Virgo. Erica. I Broke. love Erica. She's she's. Crazy. Do you know the tea about Erica right now? Well, I know that her husband, who she separated from, was like super rich, but then he was cheating on her, even though he's like a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. But also, the the rumor is that like the only reason they're separated is to like keep some of the money so that like she can pretend that like oh she had nothing to do with his like lawsuits or anything like that like it's a scam it's it's one of those ones that I've taken too much time reading about like I yeah I regret <laughs> losing those hours well I realize like it's so fun and like also because there's nothing to do like it's so easy to just get like fully enveloped in other people's lives we have no lives yes yeah so i'm just like all this gossip we need to talk about army hammer we need to talk about hilaria baldwin we need to talk about everything and then also i want to talk about your podcast which is on a little pause right it's a little hiatus yeah we're still hiatus we're still making patreon content yeah I was on your podcast a long ass time ago and it was so fun and I hit you up the other day, which is what reminded me that I needed to get you on here because I was going to, well, first of all, I should probably preface this by saying the name of your podcast. Do you want me to do the spiel? Do the spiel. I want to hear it in your words. Okay, you guys. So I have this podcast that I started because at 28 years old, I had never had an orgasm and I was like that's fucked up. Like that feels like wrong because everybody else seems to be doing it. And I wanted to be held accountable to actually try to do it. Um, Cause I, I've had friends that would like give me tips and stuff, but I'd always quit. Cause I was like, Oh, it's not for me or I'm broken or la la la, whatever. And I was like, no, I need to be held accountable. So I started the podcast podcast is called how come <laughs> and it worked. I come now and my life is so much better. For it. How many episodes in until you finally achieve orgasm? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, it was so stupid. That's so annoying. It was so annoying. I was like, could I not just like hold out for 10, like a nice normal number? Um, but at the same time, I was really happy because I was so pent up. And at that time, so the way that the podcast is structured for those of you guys who don't 
listen to it was I have everybody on the podcast. They tell me their first time coming story. Um, and then they gave me an assignment of something that I'd have to do for the next week. Um, and in the beginning, I was giving myself two weeks to do all the assignments. So it was really like 12 weeks in and I was like, I was like ready to explode. Um, yeah. yeah. What did you feel like was the most helpful tip that you got? There are so, so, so many. Um, like the, the number one thing is I think get to know yourself first and like don't expect someone to just do stuff to you. Like I was always under the impression and I think a lot of women are uh, that like boys are the ones who are good at sex and they know about mm. sex and they're just gonna do a bunch of stuff to you and then you're gonna figure out what you like via them trying stuff on you. And that is not how things work in any other capacity in life. You know, like you would never be like, oh, you pick everything that like, no, no, you pick what you like and then you can tell people what you like. Um, and yeah, I, I always just thought that my whole goal was to make me someone sexy enough and likable enough that a guy would want to hook up with me. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, no, no. The point is to make you someone that you like a lot and that you can satisfy yourself. And then the people who just will like you come along because you're being your authentic self and you know how to do everything. And you're not like trying to use them for anything. You're just like them. It's like, I don't need you to make me come. Like, I just like you. Yeah. I remember I came on your podcast and I talked about how I had issues orgasm I know and I I'm like always wondering about an update and do you have one so the update is <laughs> still still working on it that's great have you moved out of your place with no the room okay still there that's a problem it's a problem it's difficult but now we'll so I got a sex coach during awesome. quarantine. Awesome. And I just I I just fully give up on myself. I have zero patience. Yeah. I'm like whatever. Yeah. Charlotte, my happens, sister used to call me a lazy happens. lazy masturbator. I'm so lazy. Yeah, you're a resting bitch. But at the same time it's like all <laughs> like when I masturbate I'll do it for like an hour, 2 hours. But I'm just like continuing to like I'm like edging myself. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, what like is... I just go and then I'm like, I'm about to, I'm about to do it, and I'm like, okay, no, and then I'll what go again. What does the sex coach to, say? No, she was giving me these exercises that I was trying to do, and I just didn't have the patience to do them. She told me to um, set the mood in my room, mm -hmm. make my space comfortable, um, put on like a nice playlist if I wanted to, or just have it quiet if that's what I wanted. And then, uh, be totally naked laying on the bed. And then the exercise was to feel my entire body starting mm -hmm. with my like fingers and just using like the tips of my fingers to touch my entire body, not in like a sexual yep. way, but just to like feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then, if my mind went somewhere else, like, oh, I need to go shopping tomorrow. Or, Bring like, it back oh, to, to what's happening. Bring it yes, back. Yes, and then start Focus on over. what's going on in the moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. <sighs> I remember those assignments. What My first one was 
30 minutes, be alone, just stroke over your panties, don't expect anything to happen. And I ha- I hated receiving that assignment. I hated doing that assignment. Yeah. Um, but I did think it was helpful because like allowing yourself that much time to devote to you, I think that's like what you're working in because like a lot of set like heteronormative sex like porn sex sex that we've seen in movies is like very male focused and so that's what Mm -hmm. happens like in the bedroom and like I know that I've always been conscious of like what's happening to the penis don't let the penis go down like he's touching me for too long he must not like this you know and then like when you do those things that like 30 minutes starts to feel like nothing you know Mm -hmm. and then it's like no I'm used to like accepting pleasure for this amount of time but they are really annoying exercises i should get back to doing it then but they are like but also know that they're annoying like yeah like it's annoying and also i was gonna say if you don't like being completely naked like some people don't like being completely naked some people like to have a sweatshirt on and underpants some people like to have like you have to find the the whatever is the most comfortable for you like yeah. if being in a candlelit room stresses you out because you're thinking about fire, then that's not gonna, that's not gonna be your space. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. That makes sense. So that was the advice that I got. I did stop seeing her because I was just like, mm, I'm there was, it. there was something though. And it's kind of like how she was saying, like touch her whole body. I did, um, one of my assignments was getting a tantric massage and so that's like a person like rubbing your whole body, like m- masturbating you, like touching your tits, making Wait, you. Wait, how did you find this person? Oh, I will send him to you. Um, yeah. Is he in LA? He's in New York, but like he oh. knows people. And, I'll make a trip. Yeah. No, but also they're like, it's like a sexual wellness network of people that like do this stuff. Whoa. Yeah. Like my friend who was an editor for Time Out New York referred them to me. So I was like, okay, they're legit. And Something that went on when he was like touching me was it was like the first time I felt like my body was just like one organism. Like I didn't feel like, oh, he's touching my vagina because he had touched every other part of me too. And I was just like, ah, like I'm one thing. Yeah. I don't know. Was it it uncomfortable at first? Because sometimes I've had massages where they get like a little bit too close to. No, he like, we had like the best consent conversation beforehand. Like everything was like, this is what I'm going to do in the beginning. And then I'm going to ask you stuff along the way and see if like, you're still comfortable or whatever. And like, even at the top, he was like, sometimes I do this nude, like, um, cause like he, he works with like a lot of guys and they like it when he's nude and he's like, or I can wear underwear. And I was like, yes, that one, you know, like it was very, yeah. Choose your adventure. Yeah. That's crazy. One crazy part. And it's crazy that I wasn't uncomfortable was I had my period and I had a tampon in and he worked around it like it was no big deal. Wow. And I didn't care because I wasn't trying to have him be sexually attracted to me. You know, like yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm here for a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's an appointment. It's an appointment. You're like, I'm paying you. Yeah. But I didn't. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. It was it technically. Yeah. I can still say I've never paid for sex, but. I want to eventually. I went to a brothel in Tijuana and got my coochie uh, spat on. And Whoa, that's so cool. Yeah, it was an interesting trip. I don't know if I'd do it. Actually, I would do it again. Yeah. 
As long as like you didn't leave great. with any diseases. Was... <laughs> no, I came out fine with just an interesting story to tell my friends. But yeah, it wasn't like a great experience because they're used to just like horny dudes. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, uh, yeah, I can't give directions on this one. I don't know. I used to think about that all the time. Like when I first heard about happy ending places, I was like, oh, if there were ones for women, like that would be so great. But it it is different mechanically for like every woman. Or- yeah, well... Now that I think about it, Denise Richards is on season nine of Real Housewives mm-hmm. of Beverly Hills, and she talks about going yes. to a. Uh, she got Aaron uh, a happy ending happy place. Ending. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and she was like, "Yeah, he'd never had one, so I got him one." And everyone was like freaking out. Yeah, but I think that that's great. Um. Yeah. So I recent. So then we went to Pleasure Chest. Yep. I forced. And we got me a vibrator. <laughs> yes. No, we got we you got a th- suction toy. An yes, air pulse arouser. Yeah. That one is very expensive. And I'm also finding that there are other ones that kind of work better for different people. Um, yeah. So if anybody's listening and you want an air pulse arouser, which is a, essentially like a tiny blowjob for your clit, there are... Like there's sweet vibrations. We have a promo code with them. If it's like 45 bucks and then you get 15% off of that. It's like the same type of toy. Drop that promo code, girl. How come? There it is. That's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started getting I started feeling really guilty whenever I would force people to buy a womanizer like you, because I'm like, damn, if it doesn't work, then that's like a lot of money that you just spent. Yeah, well, I got it. I still have it. I don't use it. I tried using it. It wasn't for me. I went to Pleasure Chest recently. How many times did you use it? So that's what they asked me at Pleasure Chest because I told them that I had the womanizer, but I didn't like it. And Mm -hmm. they they were like, have you tried it long enough? And I'm like, yes. I tried it like 12, maybe more times. I mean... There was a girl that that needed 25 times. So, like, I don't want to be like, oh, like, it's... But if it's not for you, it's not... Like, did you feel that maybe with it because like no okay because the first time I used it it was it was like oh this is gonna happen like yeah I didn't get that okay and they were just saying it's like kind of a more advanced tool to use so they were like you know maybe take more time with it or whatever but I was like I need one for beginners for starters maybe it might be more advanced or it just might not be your thing like there are people who just like vibration there are people who need to have a butt plug in to come women or vulva owners you know what I mean like everybody has like a different thing so you just have to try enough stuff until something works and then sometimes once it's unlocked like I never thought vibration was for me I hated it But since I've like gotten over that hump of like allowing myself to have an orgasm, I can do it with other stuff. Like the air pulse thing, like just unlocked it. I don't like to do it with vibration still, but like I can, I also can do it manually, but it takes a really long time. Mm. Um, Yeah. You just have to find whatever, or go back to the drawing board with the womanizer, do different poses do on your back, oh. do on your front, do on your side. Like mm-hmm. there's different cap sizes for different clit sizes. 
with the one that you got yeah um use lube because sometimes people don't like that like raw dry feeling mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that you're you're a dry person everybody needs lube it's just nice it's just yeah. nice it is nice it's fun getting new things and trying new things i just yeah i need to get over the like impatient mindset of it yeah but it's also annoying i i don't know if you got this but like when like before you had your first orgasm it's so annoying the way that guys are like i can do it they like, uh, take it up to task i and it's like you you can't you've already failed yourself yeah and there's just such a huge amount of pressure in the room when like they know you haven't and you know that they're trying to make it happen. Like I've had a boyfriend the entire time I've had this podcast, you know, yeah. like if a boy could do it, he would have, but I had to do it first. Cause otherwise I was just sitting there every time. Like I remember this one time, like we had just showered and he was going down on me and he was going down on me and he intended to do it for a long time. You know, like he was like locked in and he was like, I'm going to make, like he said, like, I'm going to make this happen. And the whole time, instead of being like, enjoying it I was just thinking in my head like it's never happened before why would it happen now yeah. is he gonna just like hate the fact that he's wasted this time like what do I even say to him like that feels weird but then I don't know like like I didn't have enough like coaching from anything I'd seen where people were saying like softer or like to the left or like don't bite me like the only thing I ever saw in porn was like harder and it's like yeah. that's not what you need most of the time so yeah, it's, it's so hard to not be in your head with another person who's being like, yeah, I can do it. It's like, you, you literally can't. Yeah, I can't do it. And it's my body. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that TikTok trend where it's like the like 16 year old boys and they're like, I come hate here, it. girl. Like doing, <laughs> yes, it's here. so disgusting. Ugh. And you just see like a <gasps> different range of men who are like doing the fingering motion. I'm like, you've never made anyone come. You haven't. You haven't. And like, stop showing up on my For You page. It's they so they disgusting. all look like they're like inviting you to like Acrobat. Yeah. <laughs> come here, But I still send all of them to my partner. Do you? I do. I'm like, what? You're like, hot. <laughs> the the 16 year old boy might know something that I don't. He doesn't. No, have your he partner doesn't. listen to how come. That's what I used to do with Ben. Like when I couldn't even vocalize shit that I wanted to tell him because I like wasn't there yet. And like a lot of like, it's just like in society that like we're not supposed to tell them, but like, yeah, whatever we are. Um, I would just be like, hey, can you listen to this one episode and like let me know if there's like sound issues or like if you learn something. <laughs> like that's fine too. Yeah, it's nice because he's very sweet and uh, we communicate very well. So it, that's I think the hard thing about being like a young girl discovering your body is it's just hard to communicate mm -hmm. like desires in general and wants. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice getting older and being like, oh, I feel more comfortable having a conversation about my pleasure and yeah. what I want and all of those things. And also having someone who is a mature adult who can be like, okay, I hear you. And doesn't like gaslight you. Like that's, yes. the, that's the thing with young, inexperienced people too, is like, I've, I've been with guys who like 
obviously PC Remy pre-come who would be like, I don't get it. What's wrong. I've made everybody else come, you know? And then like, you're like, Oh, so I am broken. That's what you're saying. Mm. Like you're blaming me. Like I actually, we went to a sex party for one of the assignments (coughs) and I sat on like a motor bunny, like a Sibian type thing. Yeah. And it didn't work for me at all. Um, But then my friend who went with me too did it and had this guy that she was flirting with there operate it for her and it didn't work for her either. And he started like shaming the shit out of her being like, it works for everybody I've ever like, and it's like, that's not even your bot. So like, why are you offended? Yeah. This is a mechanical tool. (coughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's like when you, how long have you guys been together? Um, Only two months. Cute. No, that's so nice that you can already like talk about like, obviously you should be able to yeah. Ugh, the bar is low the bar is low <laughs> I know I know it is nice well it's funny because before this um I was seeing someone who was like gaslighty so it's mm-hmm. so then from that experience I was like oh I'm just always gonna say how I feel and yeah. not try and like be cutesy and like dance around certain topics I have an ex who um, he was the first person that I had ever like opened up. Like, I don't think I'm having orgasms, you know, like it was like, I was like 24 or something. And my friends had never talked about them before. And then somebody mentioned it and I was like, oh wait, so people are really having them. It's just not me. And I like told him about it and he was like, okay, like we have to work on this. And we worked on it for like, maybe like two weeks. And then instead of like keeping trying, he started like looking up things that said like, oh, maybe like, he'd be like, maybe you're just having them all the time and you don't realize or whatever. Or he found this thing on Google that was like, oh yeah, if you have like a rash on your chest after sex, that means like you, you came or whatever. So like without any good feeling, I'd like look at my chest and I'd be like, I guess I came. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so sad. You're like, I think I have eczema or an orgasm. Yeah. Or I'm like allergic to you. Like I fucking hate you. Oh man. So what's season two going to be like for your podcast? Oh, we are. This is season four that we are approaching. Yeah, no season two. So season two and early season one, we pivoted from me and my journey because like that was basically like, okay, she did it. And then people were like, can you do it manually? Can you do it with Ben? And I was like, yes, yes. All right, let's move on to help other people. And we talk about like like everything under the sun that you would want to know about sex. If somebody comes in with something that they feel like they're a fucking weirdo and they're alone on, I'm like, no, like, let's talk about this. And then we'll show all the other people who also feel weird. Cause I felt very weird and alone, not coming. Um, yeah. And now we still obviously do do sex topics, but for season four, I'm going to be doing more like life topics that I already feel behind on so like how come I can't manage my finances how come I can't cook um still like how come I can't squirt like because everybody wants to hear it but like yeah I we've we've covered a lot of sex like I never intended to talk about sex this much in my life yeah I love it I I just didn't think it was gonna be my thing yeah. Have you talked about like fetishes and kinks? Because I've recently met some people with um, interesting fetishes that I didn't know about. Hell yeah. I know a guy who has oh, yes. a what are pregnancy they? fetish. Can you Wonderful. hear me? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one yeah. I didn't I understand. I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm like, do you need someone to wear, like, a pregnant belly? Like, I didn't understand it at all. And then in my head, I was thinking, oh, well, if someone has, like, a fetish or a kink, then every time they have sex, they need that fetish or kink to be, like, acted upon or else they're Uh unfulfilled. And I realized that that was wrong and that they can have, like, you know, (laughs) quote-unquote regular sex and be fine with it. Vanilla sex. Yeah. Oh, it looks. Hold yeah, on. that's it's the whole the thing with. Unstable. Oh. Okay, I think we're back. Cool. Can you hear me? Yeah, that's the whole thing with Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, can you hear me? Hmm. Am I, I frozen? Okay. Okay. So um, that's the whole thing with Fifty Shades of Grey is like, and Fifty Shades of Grey is the worst BDSM kink movie ever, but like, whatever, we love it. And it introduced us in the mainstream um, that he's like, no, this is how, who I am. This is, and he's wrong about that because they end up having some very vanilla sex and they get married. (laughs) Wait, so... um... Speaking of kinks and fetishes, wh- how do you feel? What's Army Hammer? I want to talk about it. Okay. My friend EJ Dixon wrote an amazing article on this situation um, in Rolling Stone that everybody should check out. Um, and it's like, I think it's called We're All Missing the Point of the Army Hammer yes, Scandal. Yes, I saw this. Yeah. Um, and... For those who are not familiar, there are all these um, texts that have come out from now 200 uh, so-called kittens, um, armies, subs, or women that he slept with who have presented text messages um, from him exposing cannibalistic kinks, a lot of BDSM, but um, mostly ignoring safe words and not actually participating in BDSM uh, and being a very concerning person, especially like, okay, so BDSM, like the whole amazing thing about it and the reason why people participate in it is because of the trust and respect. And like when somebody is doming, they're doing it for the pleasure of the sub. They want the sub to be happy, even if they're like in control, like if it's making the person cry, it's because the making the person cry will make that person feel good. And the reason that safe words exist are because people are like, can say like, oh, this doesn't feel good anymore. And Army Hammer in those text messages seems to not only want to eat women, break their bones, say horrible things to them, shave their heads, brand them, tattoo them, uh, eat their beating hearts uh, while their chests are cut open, like vicious, vile things, but also not listening to safe words, not giving aftercare. That's a massive part of BDSM is after you participate in any kind of bondage or torture or sex or whatever that you guys have been engaging in. You have to have aftercare, whether that's a massage or it's a conversation with the other person just to make them feel normal and get them back to like 
whatever, whatever they need, whether it's like walking around in a bathrobe and having a joint together, like there's all different types of aftercare, but like there's evidence of him doing horrible things to people and then ghosting them for two days. Um, one of the girls showed that, um, he had buckled a belt around her neck, which also like, you're never supposed to buckle it. Like there are certain like safety precautions that like, you're supposed to kind of like study BDSM before you do it. And like, like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. So she, he belted her neck and left all these bruises and then ghosted her for two days. And she said she was 20 at the time. Like that is like yeah. so severely mentally damaging to a person. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with um, like that specific type of kink where it's so aggressive like you know I've had sex with people who haven't talked to me after and it's like okay that sucks you know that feels shitty yeah but to have it be such an extreme like sexual situation it seemed like he was very manipulative and like coercing them to like change their boundaries to suit what he wanted Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's all the time and yeah. would and would say uh, like psychologically manipulative stuff um, that I, I talked to my friend about this because she this happened to her where like a BDSM relationship went too far and safe words weren't listened to and there was psychological manipulation and stuff and he said said things to these girls that she said were said to her that it's like you're the best sub ever. Um, you're the only one who can go to these extremes. I love you so much because you, you're like the Michael Phelps of fucking, which is what Army said to one of these girls. Um, yeah. And it's like kind of love bombing them, but also it's it's conditional love. Yeah. Um, and that really fucks people up. And like you're saying, like, yeah, you can get ghosted by a person um, after having sex with them and it hurts. But when somebody is beating the shit out of you and telling you that you're nothing or whatever they have to do aftercare to show you that that was role play and tell you that you are something and that you are special and not reducing you to a non-human thing like some of these texts that he sent it 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 was like oh he does he doesn't see these people as human like he doesn't give any fucks and someone also said something to me that was like like Army Hammer comes from oil money, like money, money, yeah. money. I mean, know? his name is literally Armand Hammer. Like you don't name someone <laughs> that unless you're extremely wealthy. Yeah. Um, and they were like, I just find it so weird when a really wealthy person wants to be a dom because it's like, do you not already have the opportunity? Like, are you not already more privileged than people in everyday life that like, that's not role playing. Like, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, definitely. And we recently had Margaret Cho on. Oh, I love Margaret. And she said, she was like, every famous person is a sub, like likes to get peed on. You know, like if you, like there needs balance. Like you can't be like fantastic and a psycho. Well, he's just not meant to be a celebrity. We've tried really hard to make him one, and it's just not cut out for him. He's Did just you meant see to that article that was like, person. stop trying to make Army Hammer happen? Yes. <laughs> yes. 
like all the unsuccessful movies he was in and yeah it just sucks because call me by your name was my one of my favorite gay i was gonna say gay comedies (laughs) there's hilarious moments and there are hilarious moments no gay movies that i've cried in front of my mother in it's just so beautiful (laughs) i wanted to cry so bad in that movie and it just didn't happen for me Oh my god! It like was before I was out, so it really hurt me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like he'll uh, never know love. <laughs> <laughs> He's so lonely. Um, yeah. I oh, I don't know. I I'm curious what will happen because I feel like now more and more people are talking about it. I don't think anybody's gonna want to work with him. I don't. I don't care if like his his reputation or people want to I wouldn't want to be on set with somebody who said they wanted to break women's bones yeah no thank you yeah like we don't want to be around Louis Jackanoff we don't want to be around people eating us (laughs) yeah and then I mean it's been such a great gossip uh celebrity drama Mm. few weeks with the Ilaria Baldwin controversy yes I love the hilarity Okay, what's the deal with <laughs> how long have her and Alec Baldwin been married and how did she become like f- like why is she famous from being Alec Baldwin's wife? Yes. I think she's only been married to him for like 7 years. They have 5 kids. It was like They have so many kids. Yeah, it was like a kid a year and like only like a year that they were like married married and I think like maybe like together a total of seven years. I don't know. I didn't really look at the timeline as much as I looked at the timeline of her heritage and yeah. like how she has ca- casually left out facts or um, said like things like she moved to New York from Spain for college. For school. For yeah. school. But she grew up in Boston and went to school from kindergarten to 12th grade in Boston. And then I guess spent a summer in Spain or something. And then I guess, yes, came to America for college after that. But like, what kind of lingual gymnastics and fuckery is this? Like she pretended to not, I don't know if she pretended to not know the word for cucumber or if she's so caught up in her own grift that she genuinely doesn't remember the word for cucumber anymore, but like was speaking. For those of you who don't know, Alec Baldwin's yeah, yeah. wife, uh, Ilaria, also known as Hillary, Hillary. Baldwin from Boston, mm-hmm. uh, ha- has been claiming to be from Spanish heritage and has gone on many uh tv shows talking about how she's from spain they did the cover of ola twice as a family um and cited that she was born in spain um which she was not um alec baldwin also went on larry king in 2013 and was like doing like this accent about like oh i'm very late and oh my wife is from spain i'm not trying to be racist my wife's from spain and i'm like is she because She's her. The reason she's allowed to say that her like she says her family lives in Spain all the time. Her parents, a lawyer and doctor, moved from Boston 
to Mallorca after they've retired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? And then the cucumber incident was her on a daytime talk show, like doing a cooking segment where she's like listing off the ingredients and she's like how do you say she said, we, oh it's very simple we got tomatoes we got a how do you say in english a cucumber <laughs> what the she's fuck? probably like wait how do i say it in spanish yeah she probably wanted to say cucumber in spanish so bad so badly it's just it's crazy to me because I have been making fun of my, my grandmother's not with us anymore, but I used to live with her and I literally made fun of her every day because she used to tell everybody, oh, mis parientes son de España, which means my family is from Spain. And I'd be like, nanny, no, they're not. We got kicked out of Spain during the Inquisition. Like that's in the 1400s. Like it doesn't count anymore. But like, even that counts so much more than Hillary's parents retiring in Mallorca. And I just love watching celebrities try and address problematic or, like, controversies in their life via Instagram. It never goes the way that they think it will. Well, also, if if you want to control a narrative, turn off the comments because there are smart people on Instagram, too. Um, Yeah, she, like, released so many ramblings about like and explaining like actually why I think I celebrated two cultures so I've adopted these and now all my kids have Hispanic names or whatever and like the whole time I'm just like how much did Alec know like did he yeah is he did he not know or is he such like a narcissist that like he never asked her family members anything about themselves like at their wedding like it's just so confusing Yeah, I don't get it. How did it even come out in the first place? Like, there's um, a tweet from one of her, like, uh, elementary school classmates that Mm. was like, um, really impressive how Hilaria Thomas has been uh, pretending to be a Spanish person for 10 years. And then, oh, and then everyone like, and then everybody started like jumping on, being like, "Yeah, I knew her when she was Hillary. She was always like a really quiet, nice girl. Like, now she's Hispanic." <laughs> uh, rich people have too much. Uh, I don't even know. But that's the thing too: is her family is she's from like family money, you know? So like, yeah, the reason and people are like, "Oh, why do you even care about this?" Like, I, I. I like reality shows, but I don't usually like dig into gossip like too much unless I think that there's like a really weird psychological reason someone's doing thing or like a morally corrupt reason. And the Hilaria thing to me, I was like, this is great. You're trying to steal an immigrant backstory. You know what I mean? Of like a struggling yoga teacher who came to America with a dream and a mat, you know, and like, had to How do you learn say Matt in English. Como se dice Matt? <laughs> um, and yeah, there's there's like all this um, evidence that like he had a crush on Selma Hayek, and she found that yes. out, and she like leaned harder into it, and like set up this like meet cute of them at like a restaurant where she was like, oh hello, and like it's just weird it's also weird because she already like i get someone who's like trying to just like 
get the bag from Alec Baldwin, whatever means necessary. But the fact that she already had money and was still trying to like she convince like this social guy. Clout. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing about her is interesting to him if she's just a white girl from Boston. Yeah. But he'd like an exotic yoga teacher from Spain. Spain. España. Um, what else has been going on during quarantine? Do you, have you gone back to New York? Are you missing it? I went back twice. Um, yeah. The first time because I had to move my shit out of my apartment. Um, and I, I like I, I miss I miss before this New York. I don't miss New York right now. Like I've seen it in the state it's in right now. It's I don't want to do outdoor shows and shit like yeah see that's the hard thing about social media is I see all my friends in New York like doing these outdoor shows and I'm like oh it looks fun I miss doing stand-up it seems like they're able to do it and all of this but it's like I'm sure if I went it would be different but with social media I'm like oh I I wish I was here or like no it looks so much glossier on social than like like I went back okay so I went back twice I went back the first time and it was hot um and I did outdoor shows then not all are cracked up to be you get sunburned you get bug bites you get bumped sometimes horrible uh and then I went back in the winter uh for Ben because he had to do something work related uh and yeah I did shows in a cold and that sucks. Like you're just cold the whole time. And yeah. And everybody while you're doing it is like, oh, just just post great pictures. Like, I don't know. Some of the shows can be very fun, but at the same time, I'm like, we're in a pandemic. Like, just chill. Yeah. Yeah. We never have I... the excuse to just chill. You have the excuse. Chill. Yeah. I feel like now that COVID has happened, any time that there is a comedy show, there's always so many photographers there. Because, like, now they haven't had job opportunities. So now every show has a photographer. And so there's all these, like, incredible looking pictures of these comics, like, on a truck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In the backyard. You know, Jenny... Um, Lucas Connolly's girlfriend is a a photographer. She was doing this awesome series where she was walking to comics houses and taking pictures of them on their like stoops or like through their windows or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, ugh, I want to be back just for that. Like walk to my house and do a photo shoot with me in my window and then I'll be alone for the next three weeks. Worth it. Yeah. Have is there anything going on in Portland? No. Like they we had an outdoor comedy show planned and then there was like a monsoon that day and like it was just like the environment being like give up you have a podcast go inside maybe this whole pandemic started for the death of comedy and the rise of tiktok it's definitely the rise of tiktok but also i do not that it's ever the same. It's not the same. But, like, I like Zoom shows. I like the fact that, like, we could do shit and you could be in L.A. and there could be another person from España on the show in España. 
I'm and the audiences. Yeah, for my next Zoom comedy show. Wait. Um. Sorry, my family's texting up a storm. No, you're good. Does your family miss you? No. Oh my. I know. No. I'm sure they do. I think they miss the idea of me, but like then they have. They don't. They don't realize how combative I am. You know. They don't remember. Yeah. And then once like we're in like a group chat, they're like, "Ugh, we don't miss her." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, a lot. glad you're enjoying Portland. <laughs> have yeah. Fun out there. They do. I. I do think they have like a little bit of jealousy because I've been with Ben's parents for such a long time that they're like, you must really like these people to like mm. choose to be with them. And I'm like, no, I really can stomach them like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, because they're not your parents. Yeah. I don't know how he's doing it, but. Yeah, I know. I always think because my parents are local and so I'm like. You know, I don't really have that much, like, income coming in because I'm not, like, traveling to do stand-up. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should just, like, live with my parents. And I'm like, I would rather lose all my money <laughs> trying to live away from them than make that decision right now. Yeah, no, it's – that is an investment in your mental health. Yeah. No, do you know what's going to be great when you can invest in your sexual health as well – and you're making podcast and stand-up money, and you can have your own place where you can just jack off with reckless abandon and be so loud. Yeah, I still I still do it when they're home, but yeah, I think there would be a nice feeling of knowing that no one is there, and I can just make the weirdest noises. Yeah, I'll just start shouting random things out to see if my kink is like talking about buses <laughs> while masturbating. Like I unlock some weird character in my sexual. Uh... I have done some shit that I. I would think is very bizarre back in the day. Like I've kissed my own shoulders. I've like talked dirty to myself. Oh, that's cute. You know? I like a shoulder kiss. Yeah. I've been like, you fucking slut. Like you, yeah. you big ass bitch. <laughs> You're like pulling your own hair. <laughs> that was the weirdest part. I don't know if you remember when I had a shaved head, but that was like the weirdest. I remember the pictures. Yeah, it was so weird hooking up with people after shaving my head because it became this weird thing of like just grabbing my scalp <laughs> where they're like, I, I don't know what to do. Like just grabbing a single just cup hair. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because they don't want to run their hands over it because then they might feel gay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Guys are so, I was talking about this last week. Guys are like, so, like straight dudes mm -hmm. questionably, I think are so concerned about certain things being gay. And I remember I talked about it last week. I couldn't think of the example, but the guy that I'm seeing, I told him he needs to, I'm already telling him what to do, mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. And I'm like, you need to wear sunscreen in the morning, like a sunscreen moisturizer. Yeah, and just a little like, 15. He's like, who does that? <laughs> like, it's like going to turn him into like, like he's going to put moisturizer on and slip onto a dick in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you have to, self-care is not gay. There was, there was a tweet that, uh, it was like, any man who's attracted to like a strong woman is like, 
fucking gay. And it's like, wait, so now being attracted to women is gay? Like, how far have we gone? Oh, my God. I love guys are nervous now that everyone's gay. Yeah, but like also don't be don't be nervous. You know what I think it comes from is their friends like being judgmental about shit. One hundred percent. When guys stop shaming guys for like being gay or like liking whatever they like, like everything will be fine. Yeah, it's literally all about other dudes, like their other bros' perspective on what they're doing. Yeah, I have I have a friend who has a friend who hooks up with trans women, but secretly. Mm. And I try to talk to him sometimes. I'm like, why do you think it's secretly? Like, is there like not a space that you guys are creating in your group that like he feels he can talk about? Like, are you making fun of him still? Because... Uh, you gotta work on that if you are well see i think it's not that i think i mean obviously i don't know this friend group i don't think if they're all good friends i don't think any of them would make fun of that one friend i think that they've all probably made jokes or comments Um, in passing that would feel like exactly you were to be honest exactly yeah that's what i'm saying i don't have you said anything to him have you said anything in the space that it might have been like oh that trans girl's gross or whatever because then like I had a friend in high school who uh, I was sharing a room with this girl. She was like the only out lesbian at the time. Um, and we were on like a ninth grade, like get to know each other trip. And one of the girls in my friend group was like, "Ugh, you're sharing a room with her. Like, aren't you scared? She's going to try and have sex with you. And it just colored my idea of like, oh, that's how you view gay people. And you view everyone's really predatory and I can never come out to you. Like, yeah. Watch what you say around your friends, you guys. It's like it can be it is damaging, and not just with but straight also- friends. Like I've had gay friends who I tried to come out to them like early on, and I was like, I think I like girls or whatever. And it's obviously like straight or straight white cis gay guys, and they'd be like, "Don't steal my struggle," or whatever, you know, like. I don't know. Now we're now we're in a coming out conversation. But if anybody's ever trying to come out to you, like don't don't be like you're just trying to get attention. And <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard because people. I think I mean I'm I'm definitely guilty of this uh, in many situations where you know I probably say something thinking that it's like lighthearted and a joke, and maybe to that person it's just not. And yeah. Obviously, it's not their responsibility to be like, actually. Yeah. And then it's all about how, like, they um, respond when you say, like, oh, that, like, like, I told him years later, I was like, hey, actually, like, you said something to me that, like, really bummed me out or whatever. And he was like, I am so sorry. Like, I was so uneducated at that point. And I was just like, oh, like, he's always cared. And it was like a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does go both ways. Like it's uncomfortable on both sides. And like, I remember in high school, I said something really stupid, like, you know, kind of like a, I don't know. I just made some stupid comment. And I remember my friend told me later, she was like, Hey, um, it really bothers me that you said that. And it's always just Mm -hmm. stuck with me where I'm like, Oh, I just shouldn't say that. And I'm so Mm -hmm. glad that she had that conversation with me and wasn't like being mean about it. She was just like, this is uncomfortable so then I could go okay well I don't want to make my friends feel uncomfortable and she's right yeah 
Yeah. And you never know how many people are just sitting around being uncomfortable and not saying anything because they've already had that conversation so many times and they're exhausted, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, she's so soft What do you right want to do once COVID is over? What What's your like dream? I want to travel everywhere. Where do you want to go? And just like, um, definitely Hawaii just like to chill for like a second and like, just like feel good. Um, somewhere in Europe because I just, it's so fucking old and it makes me feel really cool to be there. Yes. Um, and then I want to do more like across the country stand up. Even though it's mm-hmm. like not, I don't know, it's not glamorous, but like I haven't seen a lot of the country and I'd be curious. Yeah. I really want to go to Montana. We're going. Come. Shut up. Yeah, Are we you have road a wet. Tripping? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definite road, road tripping. Tri- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's going to be for a wedding, so you can't come that time, but you can come Got it. another time. Another yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my sister lives in Arizona, so it's nice to be able to get away and spend time with her and, like, get out That's of nice. L.A. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, like, I've seen some people going on vacation and stuff. And doing it in what seems like a responsible way, like that they're just like going and chilling alone. But I just can't bring myself to do it yet. Like, I don't know. I'm like, let's just, like I say we're going to this wedding, but like, what if it doesn't happen? It keeps getting worse all the time. Yeah. My sister, yeah, it's hard because, I mean, it's been a year and it's hard to like continue to postpone certain things. Like my sister had to postpone our wedding it's not happening. Yeah. I had another friend who ended up getting married and having a wedding during COVID because she's like, I don't want to push it back. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've, uh, it's not my wedding. So, I, you know, whatever you do, you. But you do it you. is just it is. Yeah, it's like there's one thing that I've learned is that I can't control anyone else, only myself. Mm-hmm. So. If other people mm-hmm. want to go on what seems like a safe vacation, like, I'm not the COVID police. Um, yeah, me neither. I'm just like, okay, that's, I just can't do it yet. Yeah, and I've gone back and know. forth. Like, my sister had a bachelorette party, and it was, like, I think six of us and uh, two of the girls road tripped, and then me and some of the other girls, we got to ball out on this one. We got to do a private jet to so fun. Yeah, yeah so that was the coolest thing ever and we were all just like at this one house the whole time and it was great and then there's been times where I'm like I shouldn't do anything I can't believe I did some of the things that I did and that's my thing is everything is a slippery slope with me and mm. once I justify one thing it's like if you give a mouse a cookie like she's gonna end up like partying with her mask off and like I don't want to do that yeah you know and like I know that I can't control other people And I know that the only reason I get mad if people are doing something, it's probably because I've done that thing and I'm feeling guilty or whatever. So I'm just trying to like keep, keep myself somebody that I respect. Cause like, I can't, it's an existential crisis with everybody else. If I give a fuck. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I'm glad that I got to have you on via Zoom. I'm glad we got to talk about all things Me sex, too. celeb gossip, and comedy. I know. And hopefully I'll get to see you sometime soon. I would love to see you in the flesh sometime soon. But also, if I bring back my virtual comedy club, I would love you to come on the club because you were a club yes, fave. Yes, I missed that. That was so fun. That was a year ago. <laughs> Our early so quarantine. Psycho. I was at my mom's house and my mom was the audience for me for your Instagram live so cute. comedy show. Yes. Um, so if you if you have liked me on this episode, please follow me on Instagram at Remy Casimir. I'm on Twitter too and TikTok and uh, Remy's Comedy Club. It might be coming back. It's on Instagram. And if you need to learn how to come, go search how come um, spelled the naughty way. And if you like reality shows, this is one I have not forced you to watch, but love you Island. watch Love Island, right? I really yeah. love Island. Yeah, we really love Island. Um, is a binge podcast to keep you company as you binge Love Island. Uh, all of my stuff is very quarantine ready. It's just like, come and watch TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I love you. Thanks for doing the podcast. I love you the most. Thank you for having me. Bye. Blessings to your vagina. <laughs> Toodaloo. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs>